to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. We are on the stream only. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter, on Twitch, on Facebook, on YouTube, as well as channel or Allo Channel 961 now. 961. 961 on Allo. Uh, Sutter Heyman text line, Honda of Lincoln hotline, 402-464-5685. If you want to chime into the show, uh, big thanks to Andy Markowski jumping on the Allo VIP line last hour. This hour at 625, we will have Brian Munson on. Uh, some interesting happenings within the football program and portal yeah. recruiting in the last 10 days and then as they're well, not done either no i don't think they I are i don't think they're gonna go crazy but it will be interesting to see if they ever get a quarterback because i think they need I, one i think it's after spring that i do think yeah, they get one that's probably um, the move you but, wait till after spring and see what happens in the portal yeah and we both had a had a, a note uh you mentioned a guy that's uh nebraska is going to be looking at relatively quickly and i brought up uh, number one offensive tackle in the 2026 class, Jackson Cantwell, that's going to be in town next week. We're going to talk to Brian about uh, about those guys. Uh, I do want to talk a little volleyball here. Lalo Blackwell, 6'4", middle blocker. She has one year remaining. She's played her last three years at San Diego, started her career at Indiana, uh, ranked in the top 10 in blocking in 2022. Um of course, Maggie Mendelson has transferred to Penn State, so they needed another blocker. You hate to go with just two. You have Andy Jackson, you have Beck Alec, and now Blackwell, who would start and probably be first team all league anywhere she went. Um, and I do think this is interesting that you're building these all star teams uh, everywhere you go. I mean, uh, especially in te- in leagues like the Big Ten, and especially when you're talking about teams like Texas and Wisconsin and Nebraska. Uh, it is interesting that a girl who could go anywhere and start and be all league decides to, you know, compete for a job at Nebraska because she won't be the starter. I don't think over Andy Jackson or Becca Alec. Will she, as good well, as she that's is, that's the whole thing is I, you know what, <laughs> um, she, th- I, I, you got to assume she thinks that she can earn playing time, 113 blocks, 205 kills hit 329 this past year. But the thing is, when when both Becca and Andy like are on, y- you will not play in front of them. But no inconsistency for both was a little bit of a hiccup this year. That's where Maggie Middleton yeah. was able to come in and provide uh, some some quality time. Uh, she'd play an entire set. Uh, there was one game, I think it was actually the first round of the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. John Cook sat Becca Alec. And she came back the next game and was like pissed at the world and had like 14 blocks or something. So I I remember Tom Osborne back in the nineties, like in 94, 95, 96 in that era uh, that he would step up to the podium during recruiting uh, signing days and say, there were certain recruits that told him, you know, I can't play for you. And these were four-star players. They would come to, I can't play for you. I'm not good enough to play here. And I think that happens with John Cook as well. Uh, you, you saw Aiden Ames and she's good enough to play at Nebraska, obviously, but she flipped from Nebraska and went to Texas, but some girls don't like the spotlight of 8,500 people in the arena every night. Uh, it's not made for everybody. And I've, I've heard Jalen Reyes tell me that, that not every girl likes that. 
Uh, and I'm not saying that's what happened with Aiden names, but some girls are like, bring well, it on, bring on the competition, bring on the crowd. I'm good. Well, but eight names decommitted from Nebraska and went to the two-time defending national champion Texas Longhorns. Yeah, but they play in let's front face of it, they, a, they a played, sold out crowd every every match. Yeah, but not so, eighty five hundred, like four thousand, whatever. Regardless, it is. it's I, it, I I don't think it was a competition thing. Whether it was an NIL deal or maybe it just wasn't as good of a fit as she initially thought. Who, who knows? But I think she was scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm excited for uh, Husker volleyball. I, I don't think that they're suddenly better than Texas or even Wisconsin. Wisconsin didn't lose Sarah Franklin. They didn't lose. They didn't lose anybody of significance. Uh, so it'll be fun to watch volleyball. I know it's early to talk about it, but uh, it's always fun to uh, mention hey, that Nebraska just got better and they did over the. A weekend. quick note for uh, all you Cowboys fans out there: your team is going to lose. Oh wait, wait that's a minute, that's your team. team. <laughs> they're terrible. They are. Again, it's got to be, you can't whisper the word playoffs around these guys. Otherwise, they'll just melt. Somebody must have told them at the press conference that they're in the playoffs. And then they they realized See, it and they collapsed. That's exactly what happened. The Packers. Bill Belichick will be the Cowboys head coach by Tuesday. That would be awesome um, for the Cowboys. I would hate it. Uh, because I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Packers. So well, see, I, I'm one of these guys that looks at this game and go, well, I, I, I don't know who to root for because I don't like either one of them. Yeah, and that and that's the 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 sad thing is that like I'm not a big Bill, Bill Belichick fan either. So I, I just I I can't but I don't know if they ever win I'll, I'll I, I I'm going to cheer for him. I am. I'm just not surprised that they're getting beat right Bill now. Bill Belichick so. is not retired. He's going to keep coaching. But Nick Saban has retired. He is not going to keep coaching. Nope. Uh, at Alabama. So Bill Belichick still probably those, those are the two best coaches in the history of football, right? Uh, Nick Gosh, Saban, Nick Saban's certainly say. Nick Saban's the best coach in college football history, and I, I I'd like to go to Tom Osborne, but I can't. Uh, this is a guy that won seven national titles, one at LSU, six at Alabama, played in eleven SEC championships, won three hundred and eighty-two games, whatever it is, uh, was almost unbeatable on the big stage. But he has stepped down, and now Kalen DeVore has taken over the reins at Alabama. Do you think that was a good hire? I mean, Sarkeesian wasn't going to take it. They didn't have a lot of chance. I mean, Lanning says he was going to stay at, at Oregon. Um, Norvell was going to stay at Florida State. Those seem to be the big options there, kind of the names that we thought. Lane Kiffin never came up, but maybe Lane Kiffin had told Alabama early on, I'm not taking that gig. Uh, so but it seemed like it seems like if that gig had been offered to Lane Kiffin, he would have taken it, right? I would think, and that's why I said in in, in the opening kickoff that I, I I mean, Kalen DeBoer may surprise me, but I think I think Alabama's a bigger job than what he can handle. I, I well, be, wait because because you're not you're not dealing with expectations that you are at Washington, and you're not dealing with just a handful of boosters. You're dealing with the juggernaut where, I mean, if they go 12 and one during a regular season and, and SEC championship game, but maybe that's and, in part why then, then it's, it's, it's an average season. So they better win a couple in the playoffs and get to the final four. At least that's why you need Saban to stick around, which he is. He's going to have an office, uh, Dennett, Bryant, Dennett, Denny Bryant. What is that? The uh, stadium, Bryant, About, Dennehy. Bryant, whatever it is. Uh, he's going to have an office there. Uh, he says he's going to consult or do whatever and, you know, take the load off of DeBoer at least for a while and try to lighten the load a little bit. I did think the 
It was a little, hey, he's got 100% access. I thought that comment was a little bit weird. Especially as quick as he said it in the like, press conference. Like hey, it, thank you. I, I'm, yeah. I'm proud to be the coach of Alabama. By the way, I want to make sure everybody knows Nick Saban will yeah. have all access to everything. Right. We're going to give him a headset during games. If he comes in my office, I'll <laughs> just get the hell that, out. But, I'll just leave. Yeah. Uh, if he wants me to make him a sandwich, I'll do that. Uh, anything he wants me to do, I would do. That was a little bit weird. I think DeBoer has won everywhere he's been. Yeah. Uh, 104 and 12. He was 25 and 3 in Washington. He did it without great recruiting classes. A national coach of the year, back to back in the Pac 12, but national coach of the year on the college stage. Uh, I, I just, he did it at Sioux Falls. He did it at Eastern Washington. He did it at Fresno. And then he comes to uh, Washington and he still does it. Um, so, he has not been a great recruiter though. So, so that's, that brings me to the point of why I, I'm not sure he succeeds there. A guy that, that is able to take average talent and turn it into a national championship contender is one type of coach. That type of coach is normally not the same guy that can take five-star NFL talent-filled rosters, manage the egos, and get the most out of that team. Um, now, he may be the, the unicorn that can do something like that, but normally the guy that can sit there and build and, and take average and mm. turn it into great isn't a guy that can take great and turn it into championship. It's interesting. Some guys are great college coaches. Other guys are great pro coaches. We talked about Belichick. He's never coached at the college level. Uh, but Saban has. He tried it with the Dolphins, and he was 15 and 17. Great on the college level. Produced four Heisman winners, seven national titles, all that stuff. Um, but then I think of the one guy that did it, and maybe you can think of another guy that did it. Switzer, to a degree, briefly did it at both levels, but I don't really, he was kind of a, a puppet. The the one guy that did it was Pete Carroll. Yeah. Yeah, the, he, he the, the guy that's now out at Seattle. So yeah, yeah. They, they said, "Well, you're—he's not out. He, he can still be in—you know—he's like—he can be in an office. He just can't coach. <laughs> yeah, we can't coach. Well, keep your office. It's like the red stapler. They just keep moving it down. Yep. Uh, Melvin or yeah. whatever the guy's name from Office Space, where they—I oh, can't they, remember his they, name. They keep yeah. moving his desk, and finally, he's in the basement. With, yep. And he can't find the red stapler. Um. But they won't do that with Pete Carroll. They they just didn't want to fire him because he's Pete Carroll. But yeah. they they said you don't you're not fired. You just don't have a job anymore. Yeah. Um. The same job. It will still pay you. We'll still pay you handsomely. But he's the one guy that I can think of that did it at both the college and the pro level. And then Barry Switzer to a minor. I mean, for like, a year. Yeah. And maybe I'm missing some guy. It would have been interesting to me if, to see. Like there was a rumor at one point that Tom Osborne might move to the NFL. I think he had an offer from the, the 49ers or somebody in the NFL briefly. Certainly had was to, it 49ers or for some reason I want to say the Redskins, or is that because it might have, it might have been the Redskins or the, the he played commanders for the 49ers. He played at with, the time Redskins. He played for the 49ers in the NFL briefly as a wide receiver. Um, but he had an offer, I believe, on the table at one time from the NFL. He definitely had the Colorado offer in yeah. 78. Um I wonder if a guy would, like that would have been effective in the NFL. I don't know. You know, the, the the flip side of it is from the standpoint of would Nick Saban, let's, let's back him up four years. And let's say he takes an NFL head coaching job four years ago. Do you think his team is playing this weekend or do you think his team has a bye or did they not make the playoffs in the mm -hmm. NFL? After he's won, at, you know, for the sake of our, six of his national titles. After he's had that much success. Okay, if he, if he missed us for a few minutes, we were off the air, apparently. 
Yeah. Um, um, there's a gremlin uh, in the wiring, which is why uh, the radio part is not working uh, today. I don't know if it has to do with 41 below zero wind chills and yeah. negative 17 temperatures, et cetera. Uh, so how much of our Saban conversation do you think they caught? Probably none. Um, uh, we were talking about Nick Saban and uh, the fact that he had success on the college level, but never really in the NFL level. Uh, say, obviously, Belichick, one of the greatest of all time. NFL never really tried college. Pete Carroll did it at both levels. I wondered about Tom Osborne, if Tom Osborne could have done it at the pro level. I think he did have an offer out there. You said the Redskins. I thought it was the 49ers. I, I, I'm not sure. That's what I don't remember what it was. Um, but he's the. there's no debating that the guy is the greatest coach of all time. Seven national titles, uh, six at Alabama, one at LSU, hired in 2007, 17 years at Alabama, um, one in three different decades. He's the only one to ever do that. He's the only one to do a lot of different things. He won SC... 11 SEC championships. He had four Heisman winners. They never had a Heisman winner before he got there, which I'm surprised. Namath didn't win it. No, he didn't. Uh, they had Mark Ingram, Derek Henry, Devontae Smith, and Bryce Young. They had four Heisman winners. All of them after Nick Saban got there. 292 wins just at Alabama. Yeah, I, I was stunned as well. I thought somebody in the Bear Bryant era had to have won the Heisman. Um, he was a DC with the Browns from 91 to 94. He was the head coach with the dolphins, uh, and went 15 and 17. Uh, and I think one of the most impressive things is he evolved. He went from, you know, let's just slam it up the middle, you know, <laughs> let's just run it every single time. I don't care if it's third and 11, we're running the football to, you know, let's get Lane Kiffin. Let's get Steve Sarkeesian. Let's throw it all over the lot. So he won it in a couple of different ways and evolved offensively. Now he could do that because he was getting the best talent in the world all the time. Um, I've heard stories. You remember Jack Pierce, who yeah. was at Nebraska, yep. considered one of the greatest recruiters of all time. His son was an assistant coach on the Alabama staff and said he was crazy with organization like he would have they had this event where Saban had to sign footballs for fans or boosters and he made them put it all each football on a pedestal so he could walk by pick up the football sign the football and then walk to the next pedestal and sign the he didn't want any wasted steps in signing the footballs yeah efficiency he he told me, Justin Pierce told me the story of Saban, Tom Lemming's in there. He's in Saban's office or in an office, and they're watching video of Alabama players for the draft or whatever's going on. Saban walks in and reads Lemming the riot act. Who the hell are you? Blah, 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 blah. Get the, who are you? Tom Lemming, ESPN, blah, blah, blah. I was, oh, whatever you need. <laughs> but he's just like that was Nick Saban. He was yeah. he was in control of everything. I, I'm told that he had like four phones on his desk. Number one recruit, number two recruit, number three recruit, number four recruit. They were all on his desk, and he had phones yeah. just dedicated to certain recruits. I don't know if half that stuff is true. It becomes bigger than life after a while, but I think some of it is. True. I, I I truly do, and and 
you're talking about, you know, one of the best coaches uh, in, in college football history, if not the best. And I, I was sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, okay, so you've got Nick Saban and Bear Bryant are obviously probably both in the top five of all-time college football coaches. I think, you know, Newt Rockney's in there. Osborne's in there. I don't know if you put Pete Carroll in there because it's kind of a smaller sample size. Um, but with the, it, it, Bob Devaney is definitely in the top 10, yeah. I think, of all time. And as you're talking about that, every once in a while, I'll scroll back to my Twitter just to see if anything's breaking. And I see a tweet by one of the best college volleyball coaches in history. He just happened to have won a national title with Nebraska back in 1995. His name's Terry Pettit. And he just tweeted out something that he said, hey, if you want to know more about this, join the Facebook group Inside the Coaching Mind with Terry Pettit. So we got to get him on. We got to get Terry on. Here's some facts, okay? You know how all the stories you hear? Terry Pettit just threw some facts. So I think uh, 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 Cluster Johnson and Eric Strickland uh, on WTF, we talk facts. Would th These are some facts they could talk. In 2024, the Big Ten will have 12 teams that have combined for 77 final four appearances and 21 national titles that is insane that is that's six, crazy six teams have won the 21 national titles in the ACC nine national titles 32 final fours SEC five national titles 27 final fours and the big 12 now that Nebraska is no longer there zero natties and only six national titles wow I mean you know how the, we're, we're all talking and we can kind of see the writing on the wall that college football is going to go to a 48 or a 64 team format that breaks away from the NCAA. Maybe conferences go back to relatively close to what they were in all those other right. sports. Who knows what exactly is going to happen? You know what? Let's pull Stanford, Texas, Kentucky, Florida, Louisville, and Pittsburgh out of the ACC and SEC, put them in the, the big 10 volleyball conference and just let those 24 teams break away from everybody else. That would be great for volleyball. For volleyball. Uh, John Baylor told me something today about Stanford, though, that might have them suffer uh, over the next few years. They don't do NIL uh, because of their academic requirements. We've seen that at Northwestern for football. They don't do academics. And I think that was one of the reasons they, they don't do NIL because of the academic requirements. And I think that really is going to hurt them. I think it's one of the reasons they weren't invited into the Big Ten for football. Um, and I'm wondering down the road if, if that will be the deal with a team like Stanford. You mentioned uh, Terry Pettit. I was talking about, you know, a legend following a legend. That never happens. That happened with volleyball at Nebraska. It happened with football, Devaney Osborne, but it also happened with Terry Pettit and then John Cook. Uh, so that, I, I guess I was asking for an example. I found one. There you go. Right at Nebraska. Exactly. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, let's get to break and come back with more. It's Husker Rewind. We do it every Sunday from 5 till 7. Uh, he's Mike Melby. I'm Tom Stevens. Uh, we've got him. Brian, Brian Munson. Munson. Yeah, of Husker Online. We'll talk a little portal recruiting with Brian uh, coming up next.